this past year was challenging for multiple reasons on the crop input side, supply chain side, and even the weather side. It was a very interesting year. Andrew Eddy is a hay grower at RNH Farms, Moses Lake, Washington, joining remotely. You commented on some of the issues. What were some of the big items that really impacted your farm operation? Some of the big items that impacted us this last year, especially was we were late for weather. We're about a month behind, as well as the factors that we could kind of control, but crop input prices were very high that we had to focus on what we were doing and how we were doing it. When you look at 2023, what steps are in your control to try to make it the best year possible? You can't do much about the supply chain issues, I imagine, but at a farm level, what are some things you can control to try to make the next year the best it could be? The biggest things we can control is just that budget, is fine-tuning what we're doing, making it the most advantageous and cost-benefit to us to be able to keep producing and keep going forward into 2023 through 2024. I value efficiency. It's one of the biggest things that we can focus on, especially with where our budget dollars going and also how that crop reacts and the plant comes through and produces for us. Because if the plant doesn't produce, we don't make any money. It's far from the easiest time to be in agriculture, and many expect the roller coaster ride to continue. Stay tuned as we take a detailed look at the major factors impacting growers now and into the future, and what can be done to ensure the best result. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture. I'm your host, Jim Morris, with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. A reminder that if you like this program, please leave us a review and encourage your friends to follow the podcast. From the farm through retail, this year featured a host of hurdles, including inflation, supply shortages, and so much more. Let's review, then look ahead to the new year. Redox Bionutrients founder, owner, and CEO, Darren Moon. I sure appreciate the time to visit with you. Thank you very much, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. So as the year comes to a close, what were some of the broad issues that growers faced? Yeah, that's a great question because I think now is a time when people are reflecting harvest is is almost over. And in my memory, I don't remember a time when so many issues coalesced to challenge growers. Issues from environment, either it was too cold or too hot. Issues from water management, labor management, pricing, energy, inflation. Usually in the past, you'll have one or two of those issues that'll get out of hand. I haven't seen in my lifetime where in one year they all came together. That was a huge hurdle for growers to face. So looking at 2022 from a consumer perspective, a lot of volatility in the markets, a lot of higher prices. And from a grower perspective, although there were some good returns, that's moderated by those higher input costs. So certainly volatility in 2022 is one of the key messages out of that. What were some of the contributing factors that led to that? Number one, I think people came out of COVID thinking 2022 might be the COVID recovery year. And then we have inflation because of what happened with COVID. Then we have the Russia-Ukraine conflict, which turned markets upside down. 
And you bring, again, all of that together in 2022, and I think people were surprised by the fact that, okay, maybe fertilizer prices are up, but maybe not diesel. No, that's not true. Everything went up, and that is the challenge that growers have faced this year is this coalescing of all of these issues into one thing. Growers may have gotten more for their commodity, but they certainly had a higher input cost as well. You've been in agriculture for a long time. How extraordinary was this year? Some of the volatility uh, (laughs) was uh, almost hard to believe, right? If you look at at energy inputs that are not up by 10%, but up by, in some cases, double, triple, quadruple, if you look at labor costs, if you look at labor availability, then layer on top of that uh, environmental issues. And then one thing that's in the background of all of this that I think people really need to consider is what our actual energy policy is. So one of the things that growers face going forward is, is our energy policy going to allow for inflation to come down for cheaper fuel for cheaper fertilizer right now the way i see our energy policy it's not allowing for that and so therefore you add all these things together and that's why i see it was almost the perfect storm of let's create a year for growers that's the most difficult year they've ever faced 2022 was probably that year just because we have a new year approaching it does not mean the problems of the past year will be behind us and i think the prevailing theory is that that volatility and higher cost are here to stay for a while what are your thoughts on what 2023 may look like from an agricultural perspective so i think uh, growers can look at right now what is happening because in the supply chain manufacturers are having to create supply issues right now. They're having to fill up inventory right now so that it is shippable by next year's growing season. And we still have high energy costs. We still have high input costs. I don't see a reduction for at least a couple of years simply because of supply chain issues. I don't think we can take into account or understand just how disruptive the Ukraine-Russia conflict is on fertilizer pricing, okay? And then, again, I go to our energy policy in this country. That is not also allowing for a reduction in energy and fertilizer costs as well. So I see this around for at least a couple more years. How do growers cope? I imagine you'll have a few different approaches. One will be trying to get more from less inputs, and perhaps others may try more efficient methods of farming. How do you see growers are going to handle this next year? Yeah, I think growers are going to have to look to change. I think they're going to have to look at their input costs, what they're actually using, and then look at those things that can be more effective in getting them their ROI and or more yield and quality. And I also believe that growers need to look at taking power back into their own hands. We use the term around redox a lot, regenerative agriculture. We've been using that term a lot. And that is, how can I cycle? I've spent all these years building my soil. I've spent all these years putting all this fertilizer on. How can I regenerate that fertilizer and use it at a time when I need it most? What are those practices? What are those farming practices that I can do to regenerate those nutrients and perhaps reduce my input costs through soil health and soil biology? I don't want to throw too much hyperbole into this, but being in agriculture for decades myself, I'm wondering if we're maybe at an inflection point where if you maintain the status quo, it could be rather costly. What are your thoughts on that? I think agriculture has changed permanently. We use this term a lot in 2022 that COVID permanently changed the world. I don't think agriculture is immune to that. When you again look at world supply chain, so everybody's used to world pricing of oil. 
well, there's world pricing of energy and there's world pricing of fertilizer. The world has changed. Supply chains have changed. Relationships between countries have changed. So therefore, I believe agriculture input costs, I believe agriculture and the way it actually farms is at a permanent change right now. And those that are willing to adapt, they'll do just fine. Those that hold on to old technology are going to struggle. And the Redox fit in all of this. You have a lot of passion. Redox has great products. But more than that, agriculture, if it's successful, we all prosper in the end. How do you think Redox fits into this uncertainty that we see that will be on hand for quite a while? I think if you go back to the DNA of Redox, it was that we wanted to find better ways to grow crops, more nutritious and healthy crops. We've been surviving doing that at a time when the world wasn't in conflict, at a time when there wasn't all of these concerns, and yet we were doing that at those times when it wasn't the popular thing to do. Now that all these things have coalesced together and growers face change, um, Redox fits right in because we're not new to this game. We're not inventing as we go. We've been practicing this for 25 years and we've actually honed our skills. We know what we're talking about, not just with our products, but with actual agronomic practices and principles. We can help train and teach growers how to make these changes and make it more comfortably. And some of the areas that Redox really excels in would be care for the soil, stronger roots, better abiotic stress defense, which is a hot topic of discussion these days, and nutrient efficiency. All farms benefit from that. I find it interesting that the U.S. is really productive in agriculture, yet I believe not a leader in adopting bionutrients in fields and orchards. Is that true, Darren? Is there enough incentive? What are your thoughts in this area? So if you look at worldwide adaptation of biostimulant agriculture other countries have literally regulated growers into the biostimulant market the u.s has not done that the u.s has allowed practices to continue and so the u.s has not it does not use near the level of biostimulants and regenerative farming that other parts of the world do i believe that the current world events are turning uh, U.S. agriculture towards the need to take to address these issues on a more uh, productive and more proactive basis. Growers are going to have to deal with either I continue to use these high input costs or I look at regenerative agriculture and ways to make my land more productive with less input costs. So the more education that happens, the more this information gets out that the results are really quite good for the ROI for growers. You feel that bionutrients have a strong future? That's correct. We have to rely less on the fertilizer truck that drives down the road and onto the farm and more onto the crop's ability to create a healthy soil, a regenerative soil, and actually pulling nutrients out of that soil. Now, I, I don't want to get caught up in the fact that fertilizer is not necessary. I don't want to get caught up in the fact that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. What I am suggesting is we can find ways to create a more productive soil. We can find ways to create a more regenerative agriculture so that issues aren't so acute and we can actually improve our ROI.
We will hear more from my conversation with Darren shortly, but I wanted to get additional perspective. I'm visiting with Redox President Colton Moon. Colton, you follow markets and trends constantly. We certainly want to be optimistic heading into 2023, but we also need to be realistic. So when you look at the coming year, how is it shaping up for ag input price and availability? There's a lot happening in the marketplace. Uh, There's a lot of uncertainty. As everyone's aware, the Russian-Ukrainian war has a major impact on fertilizer prices. Russia and Belarus being one of the largest potash exporters in the world. China is also a major player, uh, them being one of the largest phosphate exporters in the world. When they aren't exporting, it increases the demand on other exporters to fulfill supply in the marketplace. And so then that will shoot up prices. You have other factors happening as well, which is the price of LNG, which is liquefied natural gas. You have crude oil, the price of that. The G7, which is European countries, the United States, Japan, and Canada coming together and putting a restriction on oil coming out of Russia, meaning that no one can purchase oil for more than $60 out of Russia. What people don't understand is the big impact is, is they said that they will not insure anyone that purchases oil above $60 from Russia. So that puts a lot of pressure on other exporters to fulfill the supply in the marketplace, which then we'll probably, we'll see is price inflation because of that price is increasing. As far as going into 2023, I wish I had a crystal ball, Jim. I've heard everything from, hey, prices are going down to prices are coming up. I think what 2023 will be about, most importantly, is finding stability, something that growers can find reliability in combating inflation, prices becoming more stable, and knowing where they're at so then they can make better decisions and choices in 2023. It's really amazing how the world situation impacts this area so critically. It'll be fascinating to follow it, and I certainly hope that there's some good news, but we'll certainly be monitoring that situation. And I'm wondering, Colton, is it time for growers to consider some fine-tuning, perhaps seeking new ways to view what long-term health and viability look like at the farm level? Yes, I do think that that is something that farmers need to look at. First off, the most important thing being that they need to be informed of what's happening in the marketplace. That way that they can make proper decisions. For example, at Redox, uh, we provide a lot of different educational tools, such as this podcast is one. We have an online agronomy training that farmers can utilize. We have Redox agronomists that hold on-site trainings. They can go to your field or they can set up a classroom setting uh, training. So making sure that you're well-informed is first and foremost the most important. Second, as you've alluded to earlier, Jim, is you can't keep going with the status quo. Uh, That won't work. Market conditions have changed. Regulation conditions are changing and will continue to change. So continuing as is won't work. Growers and farmers need to start using new technology that will improve their quality and their yield. And Jim, I know Redox can be one of those technologies that growers use at the end of the day to overcome those uh, changing conditions. I sure appreciate your comments, Colton. Thank you, Jim. So now back to Darren Moon for some closing thoughts on how growers can navigate through these choppy waters. 
agriculture is a very cyclical industry and how can you compare this to the redox growth you've had ups and downs as well correct correct you know i think business and cycles it, it all happens and 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 we're certainly not immune to that and i think the way that you deal with that is you look to advancement when the cycle becomes difficult when e economics or environmental issues become difficult you have to adapt. And one of the things I believe about agriculture, it is the best industry at adapting to the hurdles that it faces. These issues that happened in 2022, they're not going to go away. But guess what? We will adapt. We will come up with the science behind or continue to promote the science behind that adaptation. And growers will continue to provide food for the world. So you believe this is very recoverable for agriculture. Certainly farmers face a lot of challenges and they are up to the task year in and year out. So this is a challenging time, but uh, perseverance will win the day. There's no question in my mind about that. And I think a great frontier for growers is we have advanced in tractor technology. We've advanced in irrigation equipment technology. We've advanced in pesticide spray application technology. But our fertilizer technology is still, some growers are still using the same basic fertilizer technology that was present in the 70s and 80s. The way that we look at soil regeneration, the way that we look at how plants grow, the way that we look at how nutrients move in the soil and are actually utilized by plants and how much actual nutrients need to be applied to the soil, that's how growers will adapt and change. It didn't take me long to figure out that you're a person who has urgency and passion in your life for this industry. What fuels all of that? First of all, I was born and raised on a farm in southern Idaho. I had to get up early in the morning, and while when I was little I didn't like that, I view that as a foundational opportunity for me that it became part of my blood. It came, became part of my DNA. I love agriculture. I love being involved in people that are involved in agriculture because I find them to be so genuine and sincere. So my passion comes from, it's part of who I was raised and born to be, and I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that fact that this isn't just a business for me. This isn't just an income stream for me. This is a way of life for me, is providing agriculture with inputs and opportunities that help regenerative agriculture, that help sustainable agriculture, and help us look to the future. Really appreciate your time, Darren. Thank you very much. That way of life, a love for the land and all it produces, is echoed far and wide by those involved in the foundational process of getting food to our tables. Grower Andrew Eddy sums it up well. Agriculture is very up and down, and perseverance is huge to try to mitigate some of your personal stress and financial stress, operational stress. But we always just have to remember that it's not always going to be like this. Persevere through it. Make sure that you're doing things that are in the best benefit of not only yourself, but also your operation to try to keep going through and through. Today's subject is fundamental to agriculture, and we'll have much more on it in the future. For now, that wraps up this episode. Thank you to Darren Moon, Colton Moon, and Andrew Eddy for their perspectives. Thanks for listening.